Awesome. All right, give it up. Thank you. You gave it up for me twice. That's awesome. I feel like I deserve a third time. There we go. Come on. All right. Hey, next week is going to be awesome with Clay. Clay is an amazing evangelist. You know, we want, we want people to come here on Sunday mornings and experience God's presence and transformation. But perhaps even more so, we want to be a place that equips people on Sunday mornings to go bring transformation in people's lives outside of these walls and outside of Sundays. So Clay is a master at that. He's an amazing evangelist. I have learned so much from him. And um, I just really encourage you, be here every be here next Saturday night at 6, and then sun, next Sunday morning, invite your friends. It's going to be a really powerful time. Really powerful time. So, if you uh, know me at all, you know that I, something, really big in my, something really big just happened in my life. My wife uh, had our first child. So, I'm just going to welcome her. Come on up. So this is our daughter. <laughs> Her name is Haya Rain Cochran. Rain, R-E-I-G-N. I know it's a cool middle name. I thought of it. And... Um, <laughs> Her first name, Haya, H-A-Y-A, it means life in Arabic. So if you know, I studied uh, Arabic in college. I was my minor, and we just really like that name. So, But uh, she's amazing. Thank you guys for all of your gifts and support. I'm about to start wearing baby clothes. We have so much. Um, every time I come into my office, there's a new boppy pillow on my desk. So seriously, and all the food and meals, really, really appreciate it. Yeah, we're just really thankful to have such an amazing community around us and thankful that she has that around her too. So thank you guys. Yeah. Something really cool um, on, well, yeah, uh, the cool part will come. (laughs) On May 4th, 2016, uh, we actually had a miscarriage and we lost our first child. On May 4th, 2017, she was born. So exactly one year to the day. So she's a real, she's a real gift. Even her dirty diapers, we just save every single one of them. We love her. But yeah. So there you go. All right. Okay. So we've been in this series called Hello, Holy Spirit. And today, what I, the title of my message today is Holy Spirit's Help in Tough Times. And all throughout the series, we've been, we've been exploring more like, what all does a relationship with the Holy Spirit look like? Because, you know, the Holy Spirit is so relational. He's a person, and he wants to know us and encounter us on a regular basis. He's not like the lower third part of the Trinity. He's equally God, just like the Father in Jesus. And he actually reveals Jesus to us. And the way I like to think of it is, without the Holy Spirit, Christianity is just like every other religion. Without the Holy Spirit's presence and power and activity in our life, it's just another set of rules, another code of conduct. But the Holy Spirit enlivens it all. The Holy Spirit is who makes it possible for us to know God. The Holy Spirit is Jesus inside of us. So he's an amazing gift. And, um, you know, he heals. 
two, I want to tell you cool, two, I want to tell you two quick um, testimonies uh, about some two quick healing testimonies. Earlier this year, a girl came here who had a, uh, cysts on her ovaries and she came up front and got prayer and then next week was going in to get a scan to see what was going on if they were cancerous or whatever she comes back the next sunday and she didn't have cancer because the cysts had disappeared the cysts were gone so that's the holy spirit that's what the holy spirit does is he wants to encounter people he wants to heal them another person came up on a sunday morning with thyroid issue i actually got to pray for this woman and someone had called out a word of knowledge for thyroid issues. And when she came up, she had a big goiter in her throat, like a mass in her throat from the, from the buildup. And I prayed for her. And after the first prayer, there was absolutely no change. You could still feel and see the goiter. Prayed a second time. Because, you know, even Jesus prayed more than once. In Mark 8, there's a blind man. And the first time Jesus prays for him, his eyes are open. But he says, I can see, but it, people look like trees. So Jesus prays again and he gets totally healed. So, I mean, if Jesus got two prayers, just sign me up for like at least 12, okay? And so I pray a second time for her and she says, wow, I think it feels different. She grabs her husband, like, feel this, tell me what you think. And he said, yeah, it feels smaller. Pray three more times and by the end, they can't even find the goiter anymore. It's totally disappeared. And she's totally healed just right there in that moment. That's what the Holy Spirit does. Without the Holy Spirit, that doesn't happen. That, that's what the Holy Spirit lives to do, is to bring the reality of who Jesus is into the present right now. That's what the Holy Spirit wants to do, is to show you right now, in your circumstances, who God is. And if we're going to be honest, there is no better time that we need to know what Jesus is like in our circumstances than when we're going through a trial, than when we're going through a tough time, we're going through some kind of pain or suffering, whether that is sickness a job loss, relational turmoil, um, your kids are acting crazy. Even if that's like depression, anxiety, whatever it is, the Holy Spirit wants to break in and bring breakthrough and bring hope and bring life into that situation. And what I want to tell you this morning is that if you're facing adversity right now, if you're going through a trial or difficulty, breakthrough is coming. Okay? There is hope. You will get past this and you're more than a conqueror. And in fact, you're in really good company. Because the people who have affected history the most have gone through some of the hardest things. The people who have had the biggest impacts on our earth have faced trials, have faced adversity. And they haven't said, yay, this is, this is so hard. But they've held on, got through it, and then God has changed the world through them. And the things that God does in you, he wants to do through you. I love hearing what Jordan was saying, how a youth pastor was so instrumental in his life. So now he has become a youth pastor. We got to recognize that the things God does in you, the Goliaths and the challenges you face are the ones you're going to have authority over and the ones that you're going to lead other people into victory over. What God does in you, he wants to do through you. And I actually want to take a moment right now and minister to you guys and um, pray for people who are, feel like they are in the middle of a trial or they are suffering. I'll tell you really quick, think about this, Moses, the heroes, the heroes of this book, Moses, he went through immense pain and suffering. Joseph, one of the greatest prophets, greatest men in this book, he, first, his brothers tried to kill him. Then they sold him into slavery. Then where he was enslaved, he got falsely accused of rape and got thrown in prison. Then he gets forgotten about in prison. After all of these, he gets risen up to the position of the number two in Egypt, the most powerful empire in the world at the time. He becomes the number two leader of it. 
but all that pain and suffering he had to go through on the way. David, um, Daniel, Jesus, Jesus suffered. Paul, all the heroes of this book, they went through pain and suffering. So I just want you to know that if you're going through pain and suffering, you're in good company. Okay? You are in good company. And as long as you keep your heart set on Jesus, you're going to make it through this. But what I want to ask is just, if that's you, if you feel like you're in a really hard season of life right now, pain, suffering, a trial, a tough time, would you just stand up? We want to, I just want to pray for you guys. Just, you know, be bold, be brave. Appreciate your guys' humility and um, vulnerability. But we just want to, we just want to bless you guys. And yeah, cool. So if you're near them, just go lay hands on them. And if you're too scared to stand up, just fake it like you want to pray and go stand up by somebody and God knows that you're actually going through something really hard. There's two people down here. Could somebody get hands on them? Be awesome. If you don't have anybody laying hands on you, just pop your hand up. We want to just lay hand on everybody. Cool. So Lord, we just thank you so much for these warriors. Thank you so much for these um, victorious, victorious people who are more than conquerors. Thank you for these heroes that are standing, that are asking for your help. I just bless you and I pray for a fresh empowering right now. I say that on the other side of this mountain is your destiny and is breakthrough and breakthrough is coming soon. I bind the attacks of the enemy and I um, forbid him from attacking anymore. I just pull out arrows. I just see like some of you guys are really suffering from things people have spoken over you. I just break those negative words spoken over you off right now. I just say you are whole and God is healing you. We just say we need you. We need you. We learn from you by your perseverance. In Jesus' name, amen. Awesome. Thank you guys. Let's just clap for them. Woo! Bless you guys. Thanks for being brave. So two big, two things I kind of want to address. Why does suffering happen? Why do we go through pain and hardship? And then how do we get through it? How does the Holy Spirit help us get through it? Now, we can get kind of caught up in the question of why do we go through pain and suffering? I don't think it's good to stay there, but I think there, is, there are good answers for why pain and suffering happen. I think we should address the why, but move on to the how quickly. So this is my encouragement to you. Don't get stuck in why is this happening? Because the people who ask why, really, it's a victim mentality, ultimately. When you stay and why is this happening, you're not realizing there's something bigger than you that God's going to do and that get, get to the how. So, but here, here's, there's three whys. There's three reasons I came up with for, um, and I, I don't mean that as condemnation, okay? It's normal to ask why is this happening, to feel bad and to question it. But I just want to encourage you that you can do more than ask why. You can say, God, how do you want to get me through this? Not, not just why is this happening, but what do you want to do in me and through me right now? You know, the, the Bible says to have joy at all times and joy even in our sufferings. It doesn't mean we're going to be happy, but it means there's a state of being that our circumstances can't affect. And yeah, so that, that's what I want to encourage you about this morning. But for the first why of why suffering happens, why suffering happens, why we go through tough times is because the world is a broken place. Okay? The world is a broken place. Good news is that the kingdom of God is advancing and we're taking back territory for the kingdom. But the very fact that the kingdom's advancing shows that there's another kingdom established on this earth, the kingdom of darkness. And that, that world system will affect us and will come in and mess up our life and hurt us and take things from us. But the kingdom of God is pushing it back. 
And here's what Jesus said. Jesus even warned us about this. He said, I have said these things to you that in me you may have peace. In the world you have tribulation, but take heart, I have overcome the world. So we see that even Jesus warned us that there's going to be tribulation. There was going to be pain and suffering because of how the world works. But there's a little key offered in this verse. See, the, the word in is in here twice. He says, in me, you may have peace. In the world, you have tribulation. He, that's not a coincidence. He says, first, look, if you stay in me, you can have peace. You're going to have tribulation in the world, but stay in me and you'll have peace. You see, suffering and tribulation doesn't have to steal our peace because Jesus is unshakable. And Jesus is unmovable. And if, our, if we're firmly planted in him, then even when everything around us is chaos, even when everything around us is tribulation, we can still hold on to him and have peace. And you know, Jesus demonstrated this for us. Jesus suffered. It even says in Hebrews that he was made perfect through his suffering. That's kind of weird, right? Like, wasn't Jesus already perfect? What does that mean? You know, he was made perfect in suffering. Isn't that kind of like, has anybody ever read that before? I'm like, what, what does this mean? The word perfect there means complete. And what, what the author is saying is that we could only know that God was unshakable, that God doesn't change by God being, by God suffering. So Jesus suffered to show us that even when you suffer, you don't have to change. He showed us that even when you're going through pain, even when you're going through turmoil, you can still have peace and you can still trust God. Our our goal is to go through suffering the same way Jesus did. The goal is that when you go through the fire, you don't come out looking less like God. You come out looking more like God. And the way you do that is through the Holy Spirit. Okay, good news. The Holy Spirit helps you. You don't have to do it on your own. In John 16, 7, Jesus said, Nevertheless, I tell you the truth. It is to your advantage that I go away. For if I do not go away, the helper will not come to you. But if I go, I will send him to you. That's why Jesus had to go, so that all of us could have Jesus all the time. Because Jesus empowers us to get through suffering, to get through hard times. So that's the first reason I think suffering happens, is we live in a broken world. Second is our own mistakes and dumb decisions. Right? Let's just be honest. Who's done something dumb this week? Like, ever who didn't raise your hand, you just did your first dumb thing this week, because you weren't honest. Um... We all do, we all make mistakes. We all do dumb things. And we got to come to terms with that. We got to recognize like, hey, this is my fault. Okay. This isn't the world. This isn't the devil. There's not a spirit behind this. I'm just, I did something stupid here. And when we do that, it empowers us to actually move past it. Because um, guilt and shame's cousin is denial. (laughs) When you're feeling guilt and shame, it's because you're denying some reality. Sometimes you feel guilt and shame because you're denying the reality that you're justified, that you're not a sinner anymore, that you're a saint. Other times you're, you're um, feeling guilt and shame because you don't have the, because you're, you're not just recognizing where you need to change and where you need to grow. Um, last year, my wife and I and Luke and a bunch of other people, uh, several other young adults in this church, we went to Africa and we were on like a two and a half, three week trip there um, to encourage some of our friends there who've actually started a house group in Africa. Do you guys know that? That God is doing something powerful in Cincinnati through the house groups. He wants to use the house groups and this church to change what Cincinnati looks like, to change the landscape of our city. And I think that the reason there's a house group starting in Zimbabwe is so that we have faith to see here in Cincinnati that God's doing something that will change the world here. 
Okay? And I really believe that God's doing something that, wants to, that will change the world in our church. So anyways, we're going there. And Jen and I went a couple weeks early. And we missed our first, we missed our flight to Africa. So we, we missed it. And that was really dumb. Okay? It was my fault that we missed it. I was looking at our, uh, I was looking at our boarding passes. And I was looking at the departure time. And I was thinking that was the boarding time. And so while our plane is, you know, saying last call and probably calling our names over the intercom, we're sitting in massage chairs and eating jelly beans because we just didn't realize, like, that was my own dumb fault, okay? That was super humiliating. Me, leader of the trip, I've been to 20 nations around the world, led teams of young adults all throughout the Middle East and Southeast Asia, but I missed my flight to Africa because I read the ticket wrong and I was enjoying some jelly beans. Um... Here's the thing. That was my mistake. That was my dumb decision. I was feeling really bad about that until I just realized, okay, that was stupid of me. I can move on now. I messed up. Just saying those words, I messed up, really is empowering to move on to what's next. Okay, third reason that bad things happen, third reason that we suffer is because of the devil. You know, the devil sucks and the devil hates us and he wants to hurt us. And it says in John 10, 10, that the thief comes to steal, kill and destroy. But I came that you may have life and life abundantly. I love this verse because it's telling us the devil's job description and God's job description. Anything in your life that looks like pain and destruction and something being stolen from you, we can attribute to the devil. Anything in our life looks like life and life abundant, we attribute to God. We don't need to get twisted and confused. Like, is God doing this? Does it look like sickness? Does it look like pain? Does it look like turmoil? That's not God. But the good news is God's going to give life and life abundantly even there. So this is really key that we don't get it mixed up and we don't accept some pain and suffering that is from the devil and say, this is from God. Because then we're just going to be spinning our wheels and, and really stuck. This is the message of the kingdom, that there's two opposing forces. There's good and bad. There's light and darkness. And the devil is out to get us. But the redeeming thing is no matter if it's the world's fault, if like, you know, the fallen world system, it's your mistakes or it's the devil. He, God makes all things work together for our good. No matter whose fault it is, no matter what happened along the way, God will redeem it in your life. He makes everything work together for your good. To make you, that, that's the amazing message of the gospel is that everything that comes against you now when you're in Christ can only make you stronger. Everything that comes against you can only make you stronger. It might look like you're getting weak outside, but the inner man is being strengthened and um, becoming a testimony so that what God has done in you, he can now do through you. All right, so we know where it comes from, but we're left with the question, how do we handle it? How do we get through tough times? How does the Holy Spirit help us? I have three quick points, okay? First, he is our teacher. The Holy Spirit is our teacher. In John 14, 26, it says, But the Helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all that I have said to you. We can rest in this fact that the Holy Spirit will guide us and teach us. And sometimes he'll correct us and put us on the right path. Sometimes the pain and suffering you know, is our mistake or, or is some kind of correction we need to make. We can rest and not self-examine and freak out because the Holy Spirit will teach us. We can trust that the Holy Spirit will make that known to us. You know, this past week, 
two weeks ago, actually. So I've been off work for three weeks. I just came back at the beginning of this week to work. And um, I was really, I was loving the time with my wife and our new daughter, but I was also getting kind of stir crazy. Because I'm like a super extrovert and I love to do things and be around people. So I was just sitting in the house every day watching Lord of the Rings and The Hobbit. And I was like, you guys are my friends and this is cool, but I want actually somebody that's going to talk back to me. No. So anyways, um, so you know how it is when you start to get a little stir crazy, sometimes tension can happen. And Jen and I got in a little fight and we were arguing and we were both really mad at each other. And we took some time apart, just like 15 or 20 minutes to kind of cool our heads and let the emotions settle down so we could have an intelligent conversation. And I was just talking to the Holy Spirit. I was like, God, why doesn't Jen just be nicer to me? You know, like, will you just make her be nicer to me? And I was praying like that, you know, just really powerful prayers. And, um, and I felt like, seriously, I felt like he said to me, he was like, Wilson, the reason you're so upset right now and you feel so bad is because you are doing things for Jen. You see, I was feeling like I'm doing the dishes, I'm taking care of the, I'm, you know, making all our food, just taking every, I'm doing all this stuff for my wife. Why isn't she whatever doing back, doing whatever it was back for me? And I felt like God said to me, Wilson, you're doing things for Jen. That's what the Holy Spirit says. You're doing things for Jen. And I was like, yeah, I am. That's good, right? I don't get it. What's wrong with doing things for my wife? And he said, no, I want you to do things because you love her. Don't do things just to serve her. Do it because you love her. And it was a slight nuance, but it was a heart correction for me. It was the insight I needed to adjust my attitude and my mindset. And it was in that moment, the Holy Spirit teaching me how I needed to think, how I needed to act so that we could move on and we could have a good day. And yeah, so the Holy Spirit will jump in and he will teach you. He's our teacher. Even in times of pain and suffering and trials, he will teach you. Another way he does this, though, is that he reminds us who we are. He reminds us of our identity. And, you know, when we're in crisis, this is the prime time that the devil wants to attack our identity. The devil wants to make you doubt who God says you are and what he's done in you. And, and also he wants you to doubt who he is. And one of the most powerful ways I've combated this is by making declarations. I've just decided that when I'm feeling bad, I'm going to say good things. And when I'm feeling hopeless, I'm going to proclaim hope over myself. There's a pastor named Steve Backland who says this. It's impossible to believe a lie It's impossible to think a lie when you're speaking the truth. And you know that our words have so much power. It's impossible to think a lie when you're speaking the truth. Our words really have power. So I want to actually practice this together. I want to make some declarations, okay? So you guys want to stand up with me? We're going to make some declarations together. This is one of the key ways I think that we make it through suffering, make it through trials. So I'll say it, and then I'll go one, two, three, and we'll all say it together, okay? First service was overly anxious and... Did it too early. So here's the first one. I am called by God. One, two, three. I am called by God. Number two, I am not fearful. One, two, three. I am not fearful. I am accepted by God. One, two, three. I am accepted by God. God says that I am enough. One, two, three. God says that I am enough. Here's a good one. I am not guilty. One, two, three. I am not guilty. Last one. I'm full of faith. One, two, three. I am full of faith. Let's do a fist pump. Mm. Awesome. All right. You can sit down now. 
seriously, when you just begin to speak truth, who feels different right now than they did when they were sitting down? Our words really have power. When we speak truth, it releases things. It even just changes things in our mind and chemically in our body when we speak truth out. Okay, second thing he does is he shows us next steps. The Holy Spirit shows us practically what do we do next. And I just want to speak this out, that he's going to radically and supernaturally intervene in your life to show you next steps. If you're going through a hard time, just get ready because the Holy Spirit is going to show up in the most profound, amazing way to change your circumstances and to show you the next thing you need to do. We see this in the life of the Apostle Paul. Um, Paul, with a group of his companions, was traveling throughout Asia, well, throughout Turkey, modern day Turkey, um, on a missionary journey. And they say, okay, let's go into Asia. And so they start going there. And then the Holy Spirit says, no, don't go here. They get a red flag. Then they're saying, let's go to Bithynia, which is like another area of Turkey. And again, the Holy Spirit says, no, don't go here either. So like, what do we do? That's like, you're, you're lost, right? At that moment, you have no idea what to do. God's telling you not to do these things. You're, you're in a tough time. Paul goes to sleep that night and has a vision. And the vision, an angel comes and says, here's where you need to go. And gives him supernatural direction and insight into the next thing he does. So we just got to expect, we got to believe, God is going to give us supernatural wisdom. He's going to give us insight into our next steps. The Holy Spirit loves to speak to us. He loves to show off how amazing and, and powerful God is by telling us what to do, by giving us next steps. You know, there's a guy who had, who had a moment like this, a breakthrough moment of next steps, um, at house group two weeks ago at the blue ash house group, he came and he has some severe food allergies so much so that like anytime he had gluten or dairy, he would like swell up. He would have really restless nights, sleep, have terrible aches and pains. And it's been like a chronic recurring condition. Well, he came to house group and he actually asked like, yeah, I'd love prayer for this. Someone explained to him that, Hey, God loves you and he wants to bless you and heal you, not because of anything you've done, but because of who he is. And he just loves you and there's nothing you can do to earn this. He just, he just wants to bless you right now. And that was like a whole paradigm shift for him, the fact that we don't have to earn things from God. But so this person prayed for him and they didn't say, you know, like to do anything crazy. They just told him, hey, we just, God, God loves you. And he, he didn't notice any change in the moment. Well, he was driving home and he felt like God gave him a next step. He's in the middle of a trial, right? And he felt like God gave him the next step. He felt like God said, test me. He just, he just said, he just felt this impression that God said, test me. And he looked up and saw an Arby's sign. So that's a big test, right? If you have gluten allergies. <laughs> and honestly, I don't like super recommend somebody to do that. We would never tell somebody to go do the thing that would make you sick, right? We'd encourage you to go see your doctor, get, you know, stay on medication, all that. But he felt like God said, test me. So he went through the Arby's drive-thru, ordered curly fries and, you know, a cheeseburger or, or a, what do they have again at Arby's? The um, roast beef. You can tell I just love Arby's. Um, like a roast beef cheddar sandwich. And he said that as he was ordering it, it felt like a dream because he like never has fast food. And he was just so like, this is crazy. Well, he eats all that food. And the next morning, wakes up totally refreshed, never once woke up, had no side effects, no swelling, no pain, nothing. God healed him. God just touched him. And it was through him stepping on faith. Yeah. But God wants to show us next steps. He wants to show us breakthrough. And we got to anticipate that he's going to move and he's going to work powerfully and he's going to change things in our life. 
And I just believe even this morning, God's going to heal people with food allergies. So if you're, if you're dealing with some really bad food allergies, come forward for prayer at the end, and we want to pray for you. Although we're going to force feed you Arby's to see if it works. <laughs> but no, another example of these next steps. Um, like I mentioned, Jen and I had a miscarriage last year. And so that was like the hardest thing we've ever been through. And during that time, I was just, I had no idea what to do. I was just wondering like, how do we get through this? What do we do? And I spent some time just praying and asking God, what should I do? I, I, the, the term I like to think of is to say, God, will you give me some marching orders? You know that term marching orders? It means like practical steps. What are you supposed to do right now? It's like, don't worry about way down the line. Just what are you supposed to do in this moment? Lots of times when we're in pain, we're in suffering, we need marching orders. We don't need an end solution. We need a solution for today. How should you respond? How should you act today? And here's what God said back to me. He said, pace yourself so that you can support Jen during this time. Everything goes through the filter of supporting her. How, I, how you support her has a direct correlation on how she heals. So that's what I needed. I needed marching orders. I needed a next step for right then on how to get through this. And that word is one of the things that got me through that time that helped me hold on and figure out what to do, how to handle this. So if you're going through a season of pain or you're going through a trial, get with God and say, God, what are my marching orders? What am I supposed to do right now? Where do you want me to be faithful right now? And then just focus your heart and attention on that and let God take care of tomorrow. Okay. So here's my third and final point. Um, I had a kind of shorter message for you guys this morning, but my third point is this. The Holy Spirit shows us how much God loves us. The Holy Spirit reveals to us how much God loves us. In Romans 5, 3 through 5, it says, Not only that, but we rejoice in our sufferings, knowing that suffering produces endurance, and endurance produces character, and character produces hope. And hope does not put us to shame, because God's love has been poured into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who has been given to us. I love this. I love how there's a sequence here that Paul is talking about. Paul says that you're suffering. Well, the first thing that suffering will produce is endurance. Okay, that's the first step. Is that you're going to hold on and endurance is going to be formed in you. So the next time a trial comes, you can make it through it. And then after that endurance has settled in, then character. Then things are going to begin to change in your heart and mind. Who you are is going to begin to develop and you're going to mature. And after character is formed, hope will be released. There's going to be hope in your life. And hope doesn't put you to shame because God's love backs it up. Do you see that? That when our hope is in God's love, we'll never be put to shame because his love will never end. We'll never, his love will never run out. His love can always reach us. And you know, what we need to constantly be asking for is, God, reveal your love to me. Take this information I have in my head about you loving me and will you, in a fresh way, make it an experience for me. You know, leading up to having Haya, just our, our daughter, everyone would come up to me and tell me, are you ready to be a dad? Are you excited to be a dad? And, oh, you're going to be such a great dad or you're going to love her so much. It's going to be amazing. Like, just wait till you hold her. She's going to be so beautiful. Or wait till you hold your child. We didn't know if it was a boy or a girl. Um, you're going to love it. And people are just telling me over and over how much we're going to love being parents and how great it's going to be. And like, that's great. I, I was really happy to hear that. That was really positive information. But nothing, no amount of being told that compares to when I held her for the first time. You know, all that information, none of that compares to when she comes out and I pick her up and I'm 
trying to figure out is it a boy or a girl, and I'm feeling the umbilical cord, so I was kind of confused. I'm like, oh no, it is a girl. And uh, that was the umbilical cord, you know? And in that moment, like, that experience I had with her holding her, nothing compares to that. No amount of being told you're going to love being a a father or you're going to love this child, none of that compares to actually holding her, to actually the experience of holding her, the experience of knowing her and being with her. And that's what I say is that we need to constantly say, God, please show me again. I, I need a fresh experience of your love. We have the word so we can stand on the word. We don't falter. We don't have experience, but we should always be asking for another feeling. We should always be asking for a fresh experience with God's love. And I just want to give an opportunity right now. If there's anyone here who's never experienced God's love, who's never come into relationship with God, never come into relationship with Jesus, this is your day to experience that. Okay. Now is the time for you to turn your heart and say, Jesus, I want you and I need you. And so Will you guys just close your eyes? I, I want to pray together. And if you've never said this prayer before, if you've never entered into relationship with Jesus, just join me, okay, if, if, if you want to. So, Father, we just say that we love you so much. And we want more of you. We want to experience your love more. Now, God, I just ask you to come into my life. I just turn the, the leadership of my life over to you. And I welcome you to come and fill me. And to show me who I really am. I pledge that you're the leader of my life. I can't do life without you. I need you. Come and fill me. In Jesus' name. Amen. Awesome. Now, hey, I just want to ask you, if you just prayed that prayer, something really significant happened, okay? You just got saved. You got born again into the kingdom of God. And we want to celebrate with you. So no pressure right now. I don't want anybody to feel pressured. But if anybody prayed that prayer for the first time, would you just raise your hand so that we can... Awesome. One right here, another right here. Anybody else? We just want to, that's awesome. Come on. Bless you guys. (laughs) It's so awesome. Please come and see me. I'd love to meet you after the service. All right. But we just bless you guys. Thank you, God, for your love, for my friends over here. And I just already see the Holy Spirit resting on you. Just more of his presence, Lord. Increase in Jesus' name. More, Father. Amen. Awesome. So we're going to move into the offering now. I want to welcome the ushers. Come on down front and get ready to receive the offering. You know, we've said this the past couple of weeks, but we're going to say it one more time because on any given Sunday, about two out of two thirds of the people who go to church will be here. Yeah. As soon as you guys get the baskets, you can begin to receive the offering. Um, I just want to clue you guys into kind of like how the, how the giving flow works on a yearly basis. So in January and February, the giving is really good. Okay, it's up here. January and February and March and April, the giving is really steady. Then you start to kind of hit May and June, and it kind of goes down, down, down. And then July, everyone's on vacation, and it's just like rock bottom. Hits the floor. And basically, the staff doesn't really sleep that time of year because we're like, are we going to get paid? <laughs> Um, and then August and September, October keep coming and it, it starts to pick back up and we get back to by November and December, full force, awesome giving again. Here's what I want to encourage you. Whether you're here, whether we're here or not, this is for me too. Whether I'm here or not, I'd encourage you to give the same way. Okay. Because you're not giving just to have for your, for your experience. You're giving for our city and our community to be transformed. 
and you're giving because you're part of the vision of this church. So I'd just say, what would it be like if everybody, whether you're here or not on a Sunday, gave the same way? That's just my question for us. All right, now we're going to receive communion. Um, well, we're not going to receive it right now. But we're going to receive it during the first song. So the band's going to come out and we're going to um, have time to worship and take communion. You know, something really cool. Communion is a action that helps us to remember how much Jesus loves us. Because communion is demonstrating to us that Jesus actually suffered for us. The bread we have is representative of his body, that he suffered in his body. And the, the juice that we dip it in is representative of his blood, that he spilled his blood for us so we could be new. So as we take communion now, I would just say, think about how much God loves you. Realize that this is an action to remind us of the intense burning love that God has for us. So I'm going to pray, and then we're going to um, begin to worship. And communion, guys, you can head on to your spots. So Father, I just pray that we would never take communion lightly. That we would never forget how big of a sacrifice, how serious of a sacrifice you made for us. And I just thank you that so much joy is released in our life when we realize how much you love us. So I just release joy over everyone in the room right now of the sacrifice and the love that Christ has. In Jesus' name, amen. So let's all stand when you're ready to come up and receive communion. Do so. good worship, man. The room is just ripe for miracles right now. So please, if you need prayer for anything, come down front. We just believe God's going to minister to you, even where you're at. I just feel like God's healing people's bodies. Um, If you have knee pain, lower back pain, chronic chest pain, a leg shorter than the other, come down front. We want to pray for you. Freedom from the lie of the year. Situation is hopeless. If you're just battling hopelessness, we break that. We just release hope over your life. Joy freedom from the lie that God won't use you. If that's you, just pop your hand up. We're just going to pray for you really quick. You feel like God can't use you. Just bless you right now and break that lie off. God wants to use you powerfully. The things he's doing in you, he wants to do through you. Be free. Be empowered in Jesus' name. Um, he's gonna, we feel like he wants to minister to insomnia. So if you have sleep difficulties. And then lastly, if this message was really for you, I just want to encourage you, come down front and get prayer. 
that you could dream. I just feel like that, that's one of the words we got, that people who are in suffering and pain just need the freedom and the ability to dream. And so God's just going to deposit dreams and visions into your heart and into your mind right now. They're going to help you get through this time. So ministry team, will you come down front? There's a lot of people down here that are eager to pray for you. And then I'm just going to say one more prayer because I'm just feeling it. And then we'll let end. Next Saturday night, please come. It'll change your life. It's going to be an awesome night. Clay Harrington. This is going to be a really powerful night. You won't want to miss it. So if you want to, just put your hands on your heart. Jesus, I just receive your hope and joy and peace for the rest of the week. We just want to live with your hope and joy and peace and love oozing out of us. And so I bless everyone in this room to have victorious mindsets, to be able to overcome difficult circumstances. In Jesus' name, amen. Have a great, great week. God is with you. God is good. You're powerful.